This podcast is sponsored by ebookit.com, self-publishing solutions for the independent author and small press. Visit us today at ebookit.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. And I'm Ryan Levesque. Ryan, while most organizations recognize the importance of brand consistency and uniformity, getting everyone on board to follow brand guidelines can sometimes be a challenge. Today, we hear from one individual who single-handedly took a stand for the brand, cascading brand awareness through her entire district, including through a live competition, no less. Ryan, who are we speaking with today? Our guest today is distinguished Toastmaster Mayuri Asudani. Mayori currently serves as Administration Manager for District 126 in India. A Toastmaster since 2017, she has served in various leadership roles at both the club and district level. Mayori is a member of two community clubs in Nagpur, India. Professionally, she works as a French language teacher and trainer and has over 27 years of teaching experience. Mayori wrote an article in the September 2023 issue of the Toastmaster magazine that highlights her efforts to promote brand awareness in her district. The article is called Turning Compliance into Competition, How One District Spread Brand Awareness. Mayori Asudani, welcome to the Toastmasters podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Ryan and Greg. Good to be here. It feels really nice. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Bienvenue to the Toastmasters podcast. Merci. Or the podcast of Toastmasters. <laughs> Thank you so much. We should also share with our listeners what you were sharing with us before we started recording, Mayori. You have a festival going on right now, so we may hear some audio bleeding through in the background. Can you tell us a little about that? Well, yes, because in India currently we have a 10-day festival, which is for the Ganesha. There's Lord Ganesh who's there to bless us with every new venture that we want to start with. It could be buying a property, it could be starting a new job, it could be buying a car, for instance. And so we have these small idols made of clay or plaster of Paris, and we bring them to our homes. We treat them as our guests for the next 10 days. And so there's a lot of festivity around. And so you might hear some music and some events going on in the background. So that's because it's evening right now in India. So yes, that's how we celebrate the 10 days. All right. Fantastic. Adds a little bit of that international global flair to the Toastmasters podcast. We love it. Thank you. (laughs) So before we jump into your contributions, safeguarding the Toastmasters brand, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about your entree into Toastmasters. You were a teacher and trainer for 27 years or have been now. Presumably, you were fairly comfortable speaking in front of a group. So what was it that brought you into Toastmasters around six years ago? True, very true. And strange as it may sound, I came to Toastmasters because I was speaking French far too much and losing out on my English. So it sounds actually very strange. But then there were moments when I was speaking to my own family or my friends who did not speak French, and I would just blank out. I wouldn't know the word in English. And I decided to come back to it and do something about it. And I had this friend who was already a Toastmaster in Canada, in Vancouver. And she's the one who introduced me to Toastmasters. And I did a Google. There's, uh, lo and behold, a club in my city as well. And then the rest is, of course, history. I joined Toastmasters and I found this huge transformation taking place. As you said, I was not scared of public speaking. I could face the public already. But it was more about learning to articulate 
learning to speak slowly because I used to speak really fast. So yeah, those was my those were my primary reasons to join Toastmasters. Well, there's a further global connection there, Ryan. Canada connection. There you go. <laughs> Vancouver. Yes, yes. So, Mayuri, what, what was it that first clued you in that there was an opportunity to do more to support the brand in your district? So, I'll, I'll go back to the time when I joined Toastmasters. And initially, it was like for everybody else. I joined the communication ladder, wanting to improve on my public speaking skills. But very soon, I was pulled into leadership. So area director followed, division director. And I started noticing these posters that we need to share in our clubs, announcing some kind of event or meeting. And of course, there was a brand manual. But I wasn't very sure about the finer nuances about branding and awareness. This was in the beginning of maybe 2020, 21. But I, as a division director, had an awesome team of area directors who understood branding very well. And I will say that without them, I wouldn't have been able to even understand branding as much. So the credit will go also to my team. And that's when we thought that we need to start working and increasing awareness about respecting the branding guidelines that Toastmasters International has put in place. And it, so I could say that it started with one small WhatsApp group of just the areas of which I was and my co-area director, two of us. We made a WhatsApp group and we asked VPPRs to please share their posters in that WhatsApp group, let's discuss whether everything is brand compliant, and then it goes on social media. So this was 2018, 19, if I'm not wrong. So it started with one WhatsApp group, and then of course it grew bigger and bigger till it reached the district. Mayuri, you said when you came into Toastmasters, you mm-hmm. weren't uh, super clued in to branding and the importance of it. And I'm curious, it's obvious that your district takes brand compliance very seriously. Sure. Is there something maybe, I don't know, cultural in India where that would hold a place of importance? Or does it maybe just happen to be the combination of the people who are in leadership? What do you think might be behind that? I would say it's more about perhaps the fact that I come from a background where we stand true to the values that we believe in and we try to do things the right way. So I think this, uh, the values, the core values that TI puts in sort of resonate very clearly with me. And when I came forward as an area director, trying to do things the right way, I mean, if there is a brand manual and if there are posters, if there are colors that need to be respected, then why is it so difficult to follow? And why not try to be creative within those parameters? For me, it was just a question of following something that those Masters Internationals has put forward. And I shared the same argument, you could say, with my co-area director and then the following year with my area directors when I became a division director. So I think it was more coming from a personal front. But then what happened after that was because I always follow you know, the guidelines, whether it is, for instance, if it's contest, it's a speech contest rule book. If it's branding, it's brand manual. And so every time when there used to come a post, I used to tell them, see, it's written here on this page, this line, illustrations are a no, clip art is a no. And so they understood, you know, when you when you try to explain branding and to someone with reasons, they don't really argue. And that's what I found. The biggest strength comes from these manuals that we have it's not it's something that it's not something that i am putting into place it's already in place i'm just asking everybody to follow so that's why it was never i don't think it's it's coming back to your question is it something to do with india i think it's more to do with the leadership so 
I will take credit for the fact that I started it off with just one area, moved it to the division the following year. And then finally, last year, when I served as the district public relations manager, we thought of this contest. Um, a fun thing, but great learning as well. So Mayuri, for those who may not necessarily be familiar with the concept of of branding, from your perspective, what do you think is the importance of branding in general, not just for Toastmasters, but in general, and what do you think it does for an organization? So, you know, I was given, I, I mean, I've attended training sessions and webinars and seminars when we do talk about branding. And then I take this example that I've heard so many times. The minute you say Apple, there's this visualization of this Apple in our mind. So we know it's a product that stands for quality, for uh, what it is. Likewise, the minute I say McDonald's, it's an M with which is in yellow color over red. No other color would make sense. It wouldn't. <laughs> our brains would not even process that. <laughs> So the minute you say Toastmasters, you have this logo in, in mind. And I think that's what the whole world, because it's a, it's a global organization everywhere in the world, we follow largely the same kind of meeting format. So we are uniform in our diversity. So I wish that, you know, everywhere we follow the same thing. And that's why I say that branding to, to promote Toastmasters as a brand, we have a logo, we have certain colors. Imagine if you have purple and violet and pink and green and all put together, it wouldn't really portray the same sense, the same message that you want to convey. That Toastmasters is an international organization and we have a set of colors or fonts that are recommended by the brand manual. And so once you understand the brand manual, it doesn't become so difficult, is what I have found. So yes, it's more about knowing that it stands for an organization and the minute the poster goes out, we have this logo, it could be the word mark, it could be the logo. And then you have these limited colors, I agree. And yet you can be creative with those limited colors. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly back in, I think it was 2011, I was the brand ambassador when Toastmasters brought in their brand new branding and it was like, oh, this is just absolutely wonderful. And the nice thing, too, is that I guess a lot of districts, they were doing their own thing and they were recreating the wheel every time. Now, getting back to what you were doing, competitions. Mm -hmm. I, I love competitions. In fact, as the public relations officer, that's what the role used to be called. Now it's public relations manager back in <clears throat> I'm Aging mm -hmm. Myself, 2007. I, I put together a program for our district called Weave Your Way to the Web. And at that point, we were just in, trying to encourage, social media was still in its infancy, but we were mm -hmm. trying to encourage clubs to either have a website or engage in the Free Toast Toast uh, webpage. Mm -hmm. How did you come up with the idea of using a competition as a possible solution to the branding challenge, I guess, if you will? So, well, this will also have to go into something that I am known for. I have these ideas in my head. My, my brain actually works over time. <laughs> so at every step when I was an area director or the following year as a, as a division director, even as a district chief judge, I've served as a district chief judge too. There has been some initiative related to my role that I was playing in that year. And there are loads of uh, initiatives that I have had and all of them successful at that. Now, coming back to this one, particularly the PR contest, last year when we started, um, ours was a new district and I was the first district public relations manager and I had a team of three, four people, the design team, the social managing team, etc. And then we just sat down and said, we have to do something for our VPPRs. We have contests for 
all our clubs, the, the contests that we already have according to Toastmasters guidelines, etc. But then what do we have for our clubs? What do we have? These are the VPPers who painstakingly make such creative flyers and posters. And all that we do is at the end of the year, you have some kind of recognition from a district. It's only till the district level. Mm-hmm. And that varies from district to district. So I said, we, but we should do something for them and let's do it a fun thing. And I think during the COVID, because everybody really learned the tools of virtual meetings and so much have we accomplished in those terms that I just asked my, my team members, what can we do? There should be something for our VPPRs. And Pat came the reply, let's do a contest. And then, of course, the next was what kind of contest? How do we do it? And since we've been using Canva since so long, that's the tool that most of our VPPRs use along with Adobe, of course. So we said, why not do it on Canva? And then after that, I just sat down and made a, I made a little rule book, a teeny weeny one. And then we asked our VPPRs and members. In fact, it wasn't exclusive to the VPPRs. It was open to any member who wanted to don their creative hat and try their hand at designing. And that's how we had registrations. And then we followed the next steps of the preparation, the planning, and then finally the execution of the PR contest. But it was because I felt we should be doing something, acknowledging, recognizing, having fun along the way, actually, uh, over Zoom. So that's what we, we did. So that's fascinating. I'm just curious, did you get immediate buy-in from your fellow Toastmasters? Perhaps what were some of the challenges, if there were any? I think the only challenge that we, uh, I wouldn't call it a challenge. In fact, it was so smooth that I was myself very surprised. You know, we created as many breakout rooms on Zoom as the number of contestants. And each one was given an editable Canva link. So you could go to the individual through mails, of course, through the registration email IDs. And then after that, in the common room, when everybody was all together, we announced the theme. So everybody has to go and design something based on the theme, because that's what we do in a meeting as well. You have a theme and you create a poster. And then everybody was sent into individual breakout rooms. Now the co-hosts, my team of judges, could jump into any breakout room and see that the, the participant was actually designing all by himself and there was no one else logged into the Canva code. Because you, in Canva, you can actually see when two people are collaborating or not. So we were able to keep an eye on them that they're not outsourcing their work and they're doing it all by themselves, no help. And so we actually did not face any challenge at all. At the end of one hour, we closed all the breakout rooms, brought everybody in. It was through a Google form submission that they submitted their designs. And that's it. The next step was, of course, the judges to come forward on the basis of our... We had actually a judging ballot as well on seven parameters. And so there was absolutely no challenge in terms of either the technicalities or the execution. But one feedback that we received was, one hour, Mayuri, was too short to create a poster for a meeting, a club meeting, or a joint venture, or anything. So I think individually, when we... We are not in a competitive state. We take maybe one hour or two hours or three, or maybe we have some templates saved on Canva that we use. But when we have to start from scratch and keeping in mind all our brand guidelines, it was one hour everyone felt was a little short. So the second edition that we did of our PR contest, six months later, we gave them two hours. So that was, I mean, I don't call that as a challenge. I say that was more like a learning and we enjoyed every bit of it. So is that what you've settled on for future contests? Is it now two hours? (laughs) 
we've had uh, two editions of the contest so far. This year, it's a, of course, it's, an, uh, it's another district, the DPRM has taken over. And so we haven't yet started off with this year, but yes, whenever we get the time and it's totally upon the DPRM to take it forward. But two hours I felt was good enough. And we allowed our members, our participants, that is, to actually consult the brand manual because, you know, even on Canva, you can add three colors unless yours is a pro account. So yes, they were able to, and we gave them that leave. We said, use the brand manual. We are happy with it. But as long as your poster is brand compliant, you understand transparencies and gradients and color codes you respect them, we are happy. We are absolutely happy. And what happened was that every single participant came back and said, we love the concept of the PR and we learn so much in the way. And we went then one step further because these participants wanted to know how much they can improve and how and where. So individually, after the contest was all over, we, my other team members and I myself, we got on one-to-one with our participant on the Canva link again and we both collaborated, I mean, the, the participant and me, and then we went ahead and we explained why this was non-brand compliant. Maybe the color code, maybe an illustration, maybe the logo is not prominent, or maybe there's not space around it. And so there's this one thing about me, and I have to share this with you. I don't know where and when I said this line, probably in the trainings that I take, I took, sorry, last year as a DPRM, and I said, give the logo some breathing space, Okay. And I think I picked this phrase, let the logo breathe. And now I'm associated with this tagline. I mean, even now (laughs) my role is long over, but there are these memes that these people have created when they have fun. They say, okay, let the logo breathe. Mayuri says so. (laughs) So so that came as a let the logo breathe. But I think we all learned. uh, And those people who participated were the ones who went back, I think more knowledgeable on the branding front. And today, even if they are no longer VPPRs, I know that somewhere that bunch of 20, 25 people will respect brand guidelines. And it's not only restricted to branding or Toastmasters. Respecting guidelines wherever and whenever we come across is what we are also learning in a way. So I'm glad that we did this and I'm glad these members took it forward. Mayuri, I'm wondering about the actual posters that are created in the contest and Mm -hmm. what the fate of those posters was did they go into circulation or did they need more reiteration before they could so this was the the theme that was the theme that we gave was unity in diversity which is actually not very easy to think of and create in one hour so the theme that we gave was we gave them two themes actually one was a joint meeting between a book club and your home club that was one theme and the other was unity in diversity so participants could choose any one and design so we did have a first winner and the second winner, which we chose on the basis of those tally, you know, those criteria that we had put forward in the judges' ballot. And so we did have two posters at one, but then it, these were essentially for this contest. Now, if every, ever anybody wants to conduct a theme on uh, a meeting on unity and diversity, they are most welcome to it. They'll have to take permission from that particular VPPR one because the ownership of that poster is theirs. So, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> You know, I was thinking, Ryan and I were talking earlier, it's like, this is a live competition. And, and one would yes. think you would need something this creative would need sort of an iterative process and, and take more time. But yet. No, it didn't. I, I was myself. I'm telling you, I was so pleasantly surprised that it was so smooth. 
why didn't we think of it earlier or why didn't we think of it sooner and why don't we do it more often because it doesn't cost us anything at all it just needs volunteers who want to learn be there have fun we took a sunday evening you know somewhere around 4 or 5 pm when we had done away with our uh, weeks work etc and we just let everybody and anybody come and enjoy but this was of course only restricted to our district 126 not outsiders but i would love to take this even forward i mean i am so open to the idea of collaborating with other districts or members across the world but let's do it it's just that i so enjoyed the whole process of learning and my my own understanding of the transparencies the gradients when to put the gradient and the transparency doesn't go on a primary color on a solid color now i'm able to answer and explain to all my vpprs why this poster is not compliant or what can be done to make it compliant and yet remain creative also so i think i i learned a lot in the whole process trust me so i look at it from you know it's a win win situation for everybody mm. Here we go. What? The 2024 World Championship of poster <laughs> screening or post <laughs> poster yeah. creation. Yeah. Oh wow. And so the minute we did this, you know, I got this I got a lot of people saying, "Mayuri, put this for the magazine, send this article." I said, "Of course I will." Every time that I do something, I really want to share. So I do send my submissions all the time to the Toastmaster magazine and then of course they get back to me and they said, "We'd love to run your article." and that's how it was featured this month. Hmm. Well, you know, I'm just thinking that just as the brand manual provides some creative constraints that people mm-hmm. can produce within, similarly even having whether it's an hour or two hours is another form of constraint that allows people to make decisions and actually get something done. You know, sometimes we take on projects and turn them into like weeks and months because there's always more tweaking you could do or oh maybe I should change always. this image. Um so yeah, yeah, uh, constraints are very powerful for creativity. But then, so 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 I think you know what you you have a point when you say this because if we are able to produce something at the end of 1 hour or 2 hours keeping in mind all the restrictions that we know exist or limitations can we not do that in our lives as well? There will always be deadlines to be respected and we will have to produce or reach our end task within the time limits so i think we all learnt the small skill it might be small or or insignificant as of now but i think it has larger implications is what i believe and so these are skills on which we are working as individuals learning along the way that those masters helps us with but eventually i th- I, i so strongly believe that the impact lies in our life even outside those masters absolutely Poster competition is a metaphor for life. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mary, you certainly brought the article and the competition to life and folks, if you've enjoyed this episode as much as we have, make sure that you read the article and share the episode with your family and friends. You can find the Toastmasters podcast at toastmasterspodcast.com, toastmasters.org, Google, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Ryan. And we will as always have the article linked in the show notes for this episode. We're also going to include some resources from Mayori that'll be linked in the show notes. But Mayori, you've expressed that you're super willing to assist 
people to help them to mentor them with this process if they want to do something similar. So my question for you is, what's the best way for people to reach out and get in touch with you if they'd like to avail themselves of your mentorship and guidance? The Toastmaster magazine has um, the article also contains my email ID at the end. So that's where I can be reached. That's one. Number two, I can be reached on LinkedIn. I just received connects from people who've read the article and wanted to just get in touch with me. So that's how they found me on LinkedIn as well. And of course, I will be sharing the link to our YouTube channel where you can have a capsulated video of what we exactly did. It's it's very short. It's just for a few minutes, but then it covers essentially what we did over the hour. So I'll, I'll be sharing all of this. But yes, my email ID is already there with the article. So anybody can reach out to me and I would love to help anyone in the district, in the world, actually. Yeah. I think after this podcast, the floodgates will be opening. <laughs> I hope so. I look forward to, like I said, I would love to do it, you know, inter-district and do something. I mean, it doesn't really take too much of an effort. I would say been there, done that twice, so I can actually <laughs> say that. Well, Mayuri, one thing that comes to mind for me is the power of one person taking a stand for something. And uh, just want to acknowledge what you've done for your district and hopefully this cascades even as we've said uh, around the globe and other districts will uh, take up this challenge and offer contests for their members so thanks thanks for what you've done thank you thank you so much for helping me actually reach out to so many i mean the article already did that but with the podcast i can actually reach out to so many and i would love to interact and collaborate with anyone and everyone who would be interested yeah, wonderful folks. And don't forget the article, Turning Compliance into Competition, How One District Spread Brand Awareness in the September 2023 issue of the Toastmaster magazine. Mayuri Asudani, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much for being on the episode. It's been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much for having me. And enjoy the final five days of your festival. Yes, I will immediately after we disconnect from here, I will go there. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ever imagined a book written just for you? Introducing Books.ai. We're not just another bookstore. We're the future of reading. Our state-of-the-art AI adapts each book to your specific needs, creating a personalized masterpiece. Visit Pooks.ai now, that's P-O-O-K-S dot A-I, and use the promotion code SPOTIFY for a whopping 50% off. Pooks.ai, your personalized book awaits.